Hello, hello. This is Wendy Friesen, and I am here to tell you about some things that have been happening lately. As I <laughs> decided to take a road trip to Hawaii, you might wonder how I could possibly do that. Well, I'm Wendy Friesen, and this is another episode of Sleep With Me. As you know, I'm a hypnotist, and we're always telling people to sleep deep. <laughs> but in reality, we don't put people to sleep. I ask people to relax, take a nice deep breath, and let go of all your thoughts and cares and worries, and let my voice sink into your inner mind, and find the place in your inner mind where there's something that you want, or something you want to change, or something you want to create. So instead of sleeping with me, ha ha ha, <laughs> you just go into trance and you let your mind make some massive changes. I recently took a road trip to Hawaii from Colorado. And I know it seems like you can't really do that because there's this really big freaking ocean in the way. But what I did is I decided to run away. So it's kind of the theme here today is that sometimes we all have this feeling like we could just run away from it all. We could just get up and go, get rid of all our stuff and leave everything behind. I am not saying that that was my decision to make or that it was something that drastic. But there was a feeling that I just wanted to make some massive change. And it wasn't for any reason in particular other than being feeling, having the feeling that I'm stuck in a rut and I'm doing the same thing every day and not getting as much joy out of it. Especially because of the COVID and not being able to have the social life that I love and be with the people that I like to live my life with things have changed so much I know they have for you as well and I just want to look at what makes us want to run why do we get stuck how do we get out of it what do we do differently so the way that I took a road trip to Hawaii is I got in my SUV and I drove all the way to Oakland California the first day, since I was just finalizing all the moving and selling so much stuff, oh my gosh, I didn't have that much stuff, but still, it doesn't matter if you don't have that much, you still, it's a lot of stuff. It feels like a tremendous amount of stuff when you go to sell it. So I did sell most of my stuff, and then some of it was donated at the end. And because that day was supposed to be day one of driving, and it took much longer than I expected, of course, that's typical when you're moving, I didn't get very far. I got about 45 minutes from home and then checked into a hotel, <laughs> which meant that the next two days were going to be much longer driving days on this very well-timed journey to make sure I got to where I needed to be on the next day. So the second day I had to drive nine hours, which I am, I like driving. I think it's really cool, but I usually get kind of tired and I decided to kind of give myself the programming that I'm going to stay alert and feel good and have fun with it and feel really just, you know, wide awake the whole time. And wouldn't you know it, it worked. I was alert and wide awake the whole day. Towards the end of the day, like about five or six, I thought maybe I'd like to try an energy drink because believe it or not, I've never in my life ever had an energy drink. This is the first one I had <laughs> and it was awesome. I felt great. So nine hours that day, 10 hours the next day, 
my went to my brother's house who was in San Jose, and then the two days after that, we took my SUV up to Oakland, and I brought it to the port to be put on a very big boat that goes across the ocean and delivers it to Hilo, Hawaii. So it's the big island that I'm moving to, and Hilo is on the side where all the big ships come in. And in about two weeks, they will drop off my car in Hawaii. And then after I was done at my brother's house for two days, I went to the airport and got on a plane and took a nice nonstop flight that was very empty, which was cool, um, all the way to Kona. My son, Riley, came with me, and so he is here as well. Now, why did I want to run off? (laughs) Same reason all of you want to run off at times. You're doing the same thing. You're feeling like there's so much monotony in your life, perhaps. And not all of you have this problem, and not maybe some of you have never had this. But it just seemed like I was doing the same thing every day. And then the other problem is winter is coming. <laughs> and winter in Colorado was awesome when I first moved there. It was great. I skied for the first three years and had a blast and all the snow stuff that was going on. But I don't ski anymore. And so the winters just meant darkness because it gets dark before 5 o'clock and cold, duh. Even though it's very sunny in that part of Colorado, it's um, it's cold and dark and there's all the ice. And there's two times in the last 10 years that I fell on the ice. And if you have ever fallen on the ice, it is memorable and not in a good way. <laughs> it's a, ooh, it's a, an experience that has this visceral reaction when you think about it or when you step onto ice. I get this pain that goes through my body and it, even now just talking about it, I'm feeling this tingly, weird feeling going through my body because when you hit there, I guess the cells just remember that feeling so vividly that it recreates it in your body. And I have lots of really good friends in Boulder. I have I don't think I've lived anywhere where I've made such great friends and felt just so much wonderful companionship with people that I love. And that's a hard part is leaving them. But since the COVID is going on, you know, boy, we don't get to see as much of each other. All the summer concerts were called off, which were a big part of my life. Our ability to go have our happy hours or our backyard wine parties or what all the things that we love to do were just really minimized. One thing that I continued to do that was really fun is playing in my music jam group and we would go to a lake and we had our chairs in a circle and you know they were a good six feet apart or so and we'd sing and jam at the lake and watch the sun go down every Friday and that was really really special. But I just still felt a little stuck. It was like I wasn't inspired. I wasn't motivated. I, I, w- I was in two Toastmasters groups for a couple of years, and I loved going to Toastmasters. I really loved them live. On Zoom, they're still nice. It's still good, but it's not the same. I made great friends in Toastmasters, and that definitely helped me, you know, just have something to do that means something to me and accomplishing goals and feeling like I'm striving for something and in under two years, I got my distinguished Toastmaster, Master, distinguished Toastmaster status, which is a really cool accomplishment. It takes a lot of work to do that, and I really felt just, you know, driven and motivated. But that's done. 
and the next step would be to start over and you do it again and you get another DTM but that's really not in the cards right now so by relocating we can, <laughs> we can change how we see the world we can change the things that have become so routine that got you in that rut by doing the same things every day we shake it up we want you to be we I don't know who we is <laughs> exactly <laughs> sorry about that we want ourselves to feel uncomfortable, not in a conscious way to think that like, oh good, I want to go out and face some fears and feel uncomfortable, but it's having things in your surroundings being different and you have to think differently and your brain has to look at life more creatively and maybe even solve problems in a different way. I think that's why when we get stuck, we like a geographical change. I will tell you that I'm I'm not depressed, I'm not sad, I'm at times bored. Most people get into this funk, and I think because of COVID, people are getting um, bored, and they're getting where they struggle with what should I do to get out of this. And it is a little bit tough to climb out of it, especially if you don't have the choice of running away. And, you know, in reality, I'm not running away from anything horrible at all. I'm just running away from how I was feeling stuck. Well, I think most of it's due to the COVID problem, I would say. Now, the next part of this adventure that really struck me is uh, getting rid of your stuff. This is a difficult thing to do while you're in the process of it. Afterwards, you feel very different about it. You start looking at these things that you have, even if they're things with lots of memories from your past, mementos, all the tons of pictures, and just everything that means things to you. Sure, it's really easy to get rid of a couch, let go of a chair, <laughs> um, take all the stuff out of your closet and look at it and go, eh, I don't need any of that. But there are some things that are a little bit tough to get rid of. I have been hauling around some... Uh, stuff that is from my childhood, a teddy bear from when I was about eight years old that I still had, a leather jacket that I made when I was 16. I sewed the entire thing, cut it up, sewed it, put rabbit fur lapels on it, and I've just been carrying it around in a bin, and I let go of that, and I made a belly dancing costume. When I was a teenager, I <laughs> was taking belly dancing lessons, and you couldn't just buy a belly dancing outfit back then. I guess somehow you could, but we didn't have all the ways of ordering anything you want from Amazon. So in order to do this, I found some rolls of dimes. I don't know where I got all these rolls of dimes, but I took those out to the garage, and one by one I would put each dime into a vise, and then I took a drill with a very tiny bit and drilled a hole in the top of the dime, and I did this to like, I don't know, at least a hundred times. And then I, I made the belt that makes the little jingly sound, right? So the belt that is just above the long sheer skirt thing. And I sewed each dime on there in layers. And then on the top part, on kind of the bra part, I did the same thing with the dimes so that it made noise when I shimmy my hips. And that was pretty fun. And I let go of that. I I just gave it to the gods of belly dancing, I guess. There are so many things like that that have such deep memories. I had a newspaper I had saved 
from January 1st of the year 2000. And I don't know why it was so important, but it was like, ooh, this is going to mean something someday. And I just tossed those things and so many things, especially if you have kids. You have a lot of things that are mementos, things that mean something to you. But can you let yourself, not thinking of throwing them away or tossing them out, but instead blessing the experiences you had that are tied to those things and making it almost just a beautiful blessing that, you know, I've had this for this long and it's time to let it go. And it's hard uh, whew, with some of the stuff that are memories from my kids' stuff. And I did save a lot of pictures, of course, and, you know, save some things that are really super nice memories. But for the most part, I just decided that with love and with a blessing and with gratitude, I would let go of those things. So I really uh, got to be in the uh, definition of a minimalist. Not quite there because I have eight boxes that I shipped over here and two suitcases, but that's it. So imagine that. What would it feel like for you if you could actually let go of a lot of the stuff you've been hanging on to? And instead of having fear of letting it go and like, oh my gosh, I might need that someday. Or what do I do if I don't have that to remind me of this experience? But what would it feel like if you're able to let it go? One of the things that can get you out of a rut or get you into a different mental and spiritual space is to declutter. And I know you've heard of Marie Kondo's book that is about wanting to find out if something sparks joy. And, and that's one good way to look at it because if that does have something that does give you joy currently or is it just something that's holding on to memories that are not necessary. Like the thing that you have that's been stored in a bin in the garage and then you see it once in five years because you're going through some stuff or you're moving. And it doesn't serve any purpose because it's sitting in a box somewhere or in your closet where you never even see it. And there's so many things that you even forget that you have them. When I've talked to people about decluttering, when they have a lot of stuff, there are people who say, I wish it would just all burn down so I don't have to deal with it. If it would just go away and I don't even know what's there, I don't even have to go through each thing and decide if I want to keep it or not. Ooh, boy, that's something. <laughs> but it is a feeling of relief when you imagine, like, it's a bad thing if all your stuff burns down, of course, but if you imagine that you wouldn't have to make the decision of one thing at a time. For me, I had to go through a lot of pictures of my children and my past and my ex and all of the places we'd traveled to and the things we've done and just trying to choose a few pictures here and there that I would keep so that it was a very small amount. And for me, and for some of you as well, you know where I'm probably going with this, but um, since my oldest son died two years ago, going through these pictures that are right from birth, you know, all the way through all the school things, all the way up to his life ending at just recently in his 30s and oh boy that was tough it was it was good memories it was really nice to see all these pictures that I didn't even remember that I had and photo albums and stuff but there was each one tugged at me pretty hard and deep and 
and there was just a point where ah, can't do that anymore. I have to take a break and come back to it later. Yeah, that's a that's a really difficult one. So there are some things I kept of his, some childhood things. One of the things I kept is when he was about, I think he's probably five or six years old. He saw there it's a famous tap dancer, a guy that. I don't even remember, but I know it was a man that was tap dancing, and he just wanted to tap dance. That's all he wanted to do. And I got these patent leather tap shoes for him, and he went to tap dancing lessons. And he ne- oh, wow, that's a, what the hell is that? There's something, I'm on my balcony in Kona, and there's some kind of long animal that just walked across the sidewalk down there, like creepy, long, furry brown thing huh anyway like i wanted to get rid of the tap shoes and just you know hold them and love them and bless that experience and i did and i went out to so i lived in a complex where they have like these fences around the dumpsters and then people go and put things not in the dumpster but beside it so that someone else can have it so with some other stuff i put the tap shoes out there and then a couple hours later when i was tossing some other stuff i went and grabbed the tap shoes and took them back so i have those because for some reason, those were just really special to me, and him being so passionate about that, and you know, and the joy that it brought him. Yeah, there's there's some things that if you feel like they really have meaning for you, you can keep them. Here's what I have done for people who want to declutter or let go of all the attachment to your stuff. I made a session, well, a few sessions. It's about decluttering. It's called Clutter Freedom. And I like the feeling of clutter freedom. It's not having to make decisions does it spark joy and deciding if you want to keep it. It's about feeling the freedom of letting go of something, even if it is something that you love. Keep the experience, keep the meaning of it, and hold it in your heart, but let go of the stuff. And even saying that, you know, right now in my mind, I imagine my leather jacket that I made with my sewing machine (laughs) and all the things on it. It even has pleats in the back that are really hard to sew when they're leather and I just remember working so hard on that. But you know, maybe someone else found it and said, hey, this is funky and cool and weird and somebody else is enjoying it now, hopefully. Clutter Freedom is a hypnosis session that has you imagine that you're decluttering so let's say your closet is just so full of stuff or maybe you have stuff stacked up on the counters in your house or your garage when you go in there you just shudder with fear (laughs) on how you're going to manage all of this stuff so in the hypnosis session and you can do this to yourself or you can buy the clutter freedom program when you do this i have you imagine that you're like in your closet and you're looking at stuff and you're keeping the memory of the stuff and willingly letting it go with love and with gratitude and just tossing it all into boxes that you no longer need that because you have what's important about those things. And then when you imagine your closet being all organized and everything is you know, folded and there's not that much stuff on the shelves and you've gotten your clothes down to maybe just a fourth of the closet rather than overflowing then you stand in the closet you look around you take this really deep breath and you feel a sense of relief and how nice to feel relief 
that, wow, what does this mean about you? And that is the specific question that I ask when I first have you walk into your closet that's full of all that stuff and that crap and that shit, (laughs) is what does it mean about you that you have all this clutter everywhere? And if you answer that question about yourself honestly, you're going to feel a little pain of what it means about you. Is it part of your identity? Is it who you are? Is it negative? And does it constantly remind you that you're incapable of being neat and orderly and you dread going into one of the rooms in your house, you dread going into your garage, or every time you walk into that closet, the thing that happens with all that clutter is that that feeling that you uncovered of what it means about you is what you're reinforcing every time you walk in there. Unconsciously, your brain is taking that information in in a split second and reinforcing that judgment you have about yourself. So now when you imagine having completed it and I ask you to go into that closet or that room and I say, look around, take that deep breath. (gasps) What does it mean about you? And now it's a positive statement. So think about this. If you were to do that for real and then you make it happen and you organize just one room or one part of one room And then every time you see that, it means something about you, something good. So now, every time you walk past that closet or into that garage or just that one area that you cleaned up, you get to reinforce something positive. What does it mean about you? It means that you are lighter and happier, that you're free from all those feelings you had in the past about all the clutter in your life but now you feel that freedom and you know that you're on top of it and you're a good person and you really respect your space and the way that it looks and the way it makes you feel so unconsciously you continue to reinforce that every time you walk into that room people who have done this program with me in person or with the recordings they tell me that they get such an overwhelming desire to start cleaning things up they can't stop themselves and they they might say oh i give you a time limit too i want you to just do it let's say 15 minutes that's it can you manage 15 minutes in your closet and then you stop at the end of 15 minutes that was my original plan however most people tell me <laughs> i was i was in there for 2 hours i couldn't stop it felt so good that i just couldn't stop wouldn't that be a great feeling if you were decluttering and straightening things up and you were getting joy out of it rather than pain. So you were feeling that feeling that I told you about in the hypnosis session, which is after you've completed it, what does it mean about you? And then that statement drives you to get it done and take it on and tackle it. So now you're not trying to avoid the pain, you're chasing the feeling of your identity of who you are when things are neat and nice and you're not a hoarder anymore. And you don't have to look at that stuff and feel shame. Or maybe you're afraid to have people over to your house if you're actually a hoarder and you have a lot of stuff everywhere. I, many years ago, (laughs) uh, I met a guy somewhere. I don't remember where, but I met this guy and we went out for coffee or something like that. And then he wanted me to come over to his house. 
And it was, oh boy, it was something. <laughs> it was something like I'd never seen before. I did not know that people actually live like that. His, you couldn't see any of the countertops in his kitchen or dining room or the table, chairs. Everything was full of stuff. It was just stacked up. There were newspapers. There has been... I don't know, 500 newspapers or 1,000 newspapers is stacked up everywhere, but there was just stuff everywhere. There was a narrow walkway between all the stuff in his living room that you could walk through because it was piled up. So you had about two feet, maybe less, of room to walk through that room. He let me come over there and see that. I don't understand how it was not something, like what he didn't see. How did he see this as being even the slightest bit normal but it was uh, it was something it was very disturbing because our mental health is certainly reflected in our surroundings and I'm not judging you if you are a hoarder I'm just wanting to help you but there's something in your state of mental health if you're hoarding or if you're not keeping your surroundings semi tidy and neat I know we all get messy at times that's fine but is but do we clean them up so that we take care of it right away so I just felt so much pain for him, and the memory is so clear for me of what it was like to observe that. I <laughs> I had a man who had asked me about help for his mom, who had a horrible hoarding problem and clutter and stuff, and she used my Clutter Freedom program, and it was kind of funny the way he described it. He says, well, now it's really tough because I have to take her to all her appointments. So I go to her house to pick her up and she's not ready to go because she's busy wiping the kitchen counter and the island to get it totally clean. He says, before, there's just stuff piled everywhere and there's all kinds of crap and old food and everything everywhere and garbage overflowing. But now she has to take the time to do the completed part where you're wiping it totally clean. It's beautiful. And there's no counter space that's covered and cluttered or anything. It's all nice and perfect and tidy. And I thought that was kind of amusing because she, <laughs> she has to take the extra, you know, minute or however long it is to make sure it's completely done. It's not halfway. I have helped a lot of people in their clutter and their hoarding. And, of course, you understand that it is a condition of your mental health or it's that something in your emotional life is just not quite there where you have the highest respect for your space and for yourself your space is a reflection of what's going on internally in you so maybe take this as a challenge to just take a look at it and really want something else for yourself if you were imagining right now walking into a space that's cluttered you could even close your eyes right now if you want for a couple minutes and do a mini little session with me. So you take a deep breath and you walk into that closet or that garage or your kitchen or wherever the messes are. And just let yourself be open and honest as you do that to notice what you feel. What do you feel physically? And your eyes are closed, you're relaxed, you're willing to be honest about it. What do you feel physically? What do you feel emotionally? Where do you feel it in your body? What does it make you think? And then notice what it means about you. Now, 
just in fast motion, imagine that you're cleaning it up right now. You just have magic hands and you have the ability to bend time and make it go really fast. You're cleaning it up. Everything's going. Things are being tossed out. You have a smile on your face. This feels good and it gives you energy because you're lightening your load. You're creating a space that is going to look beautiful and clean and wonderful that is like the biggest breath of fresh air. So just go fast forward to where it's done, your closet or your kitchen, your garage, wherever it is. And now slow everything down, deep breath. And now notice if you walk into that closet or the kitchen or the garage or wherever you're at, just stand there for a moment and smile, a big smile. Take a deep breath. Notice what it means about you now. You have a space that is tidy and neat that is a reflection of what you want for yourself. It's a way of showing yourself respect. And just notice what it means that you took the extra step to make it tidy and neat, to look good and feel good. And then wonder what it would feel like to do this in another room, in another closet, in another space. Ah, and what it means about you. So now bring your awareness back and just open your eyes and take a deep breath. Some people, when they do that, just that little bit of this exercise, they get such an overwhelming desire to want to clean things up. And then getting rid of things, even if you were a hoarder, getting rid of things is easy because you want this feeling more than you want the feeling of dread and fear and self-hate. Nah, not self-hate, but just like... I don't know. What did you feel? Did you feel disgust or did you feel a little self-loathing or did you just feel disappointment because you've been this kind of person for too long? So it's great. My clients that I work with by phone or by Zoom, no matter what their issues are, I do help them with the clutter problem if they have that problem. And one of my recent clients, she had one room in her house. It was a bedroom that she never went in and her husband was very upset with that as well that it was such a mess but we worked on this for a 15 minute session about doing something in that bedroom and I said plus pick a time frame if you're going to do it for 30 minutes totally fine doesn't matter 10 minutes whatever you're going to do and she spent like hours in there just couldn't stop because she just wanted to be done with those feelings that she had just discovered of how that mess attached to her experience of herself. So I wonder what you're going to do. Now, if you want to order the Clutter Freedom Program, that is a great way to get it going. But, you know, if you don't, that's fine too. Work on it yourself if you're able to go into trance and guide yourself in that way. But it is a really good program and you should buy it. (laughs) Of course it is. And you can go to wendy.com, W-E-N-D-I.com, and you will find it just go to all courses on the top and then there's a search that you can search for it yeah so I'm in Kona here I'm at a place that's right across the street from the ocean I can see the ocean from my lanai I had a gecko here today and I had a little bird that has been coming in and out of my open door 
and eating pretzels. <laughs> and it's just, and then some varmint that walked across the sidewalk down there. I don't know what that was. What do they have down there? And ooh, looked like some creepy, weird squirrel-like thing. Anyway, it's two weeks in quarantine. Today is day two. And you know, the longest day of my life so far is probably today. <laughs> yes. Time is going really slow. So I might have to find a way to get some time warp going to try and speed up this process. And then also, when you do quarantine for two weeks, in case you're wanting to run away to Hawaii and come and see me, um, you fill out this form the day before you fly out, and then it asks you all these, like, a lot of questions. It takes a while to fill it all out. Uh, and then, on the day after you fly in, you get a text message that says you need to check in, to do your daily check-in. Oh, the little birdie's back. How sweet. He's looking for more pretzels. Anyway, uh, the daily check-in. And I tried to do it, and it wouldn't let me, and it had some errors, and the page wouldn't come up, and then it did come up, but I tried to click on that, and it said you need to, oh, you have no trips listed. But I did. I did the whole thing with all the flight numbers and all that stuff. And it said I had no trips. So then I tried to start completely over, and that didn't work because I couldn't pick the date of yesterday when my flight was because yesterday's gone. <laughs> yesterday's done. It's all over. So, so I didn't have a daily check-in, which if you don't do that, then they're supposed to come to your door and arrest you and give you a $5,000 fine. And then I tried to call them and was on hold forever. And then I tried to chat with them online. And I was on the chat for about an hour and it finally just closed itself down. And no one ever did come on there. And I tried to call the front desk here, but the front desk then goes to some place that makes reservations for all these different places in Hawaii. And it was a it was a trying moment. I had to take a lot of deep breaths because <laughs> I'm not really into getting arrested. I never have been. That's not one of my bucket list things. I never never have been. Probably sometimes I should have been, right? Yeah, you too. Yeah, you know about that. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't able to check in today, and I'm a little concerned. But I did send an email, so at least there is an email that has recorded all the things that I've tried to do and they replied back and gave me a phone number. Isn't that nice of them? And then I called the phone number and nothing really happened. I was on hold for a long, long time. I was on hold for probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes and then it finally went to a voicemail and so I left a message. At least there is a record of the fact that I'm trying really hard to make this work but still, oh my God. And today is a really long day, so I'm going to sit here and record a podcast every day so that I can talk to all of you and have something to do to make time fly by, even though it's not flying. Yeah. Really grateful for all of you that listen to my podcasts, and I hope that you get some value out of them. If you would like me to talk about something specific and help you with some solutions with hypnosis, with NLP, mindfulness, I really want to help you. One of the things I really want to help people with that affects every part of your life is getting good sleep. And I know you know this. 
it's not enough to know it. You have got to do something about it. And I have an insomnia relief program that has eight different sessions so that you get kind of a different a different thing programmed in while you're falling asleep. So maybe you're using one that's to make you worthy of wealth. So while I'm putting you to sleep, I'm also giving you gentle suggestions about the things you love to do, that you are grateful for all the good things that come your way and such things like that. I have had hardcore insomniacs get sleep on the first night of using it. It's amazing. I was in Hawaii at a farmer's market and some woman runs up to me and goes, Wendy, Wendy, oh my gosh, I'm so glad to meet you, which is really cool, by the way. (laughs) Um, And she says, I had insomnia for eight years. I have just been one of the worst insomniacs for eight years. And I used your insomnia program. And from the first night I used it, I slept so well all night. And now I still sleep well. For years I've been sleeping great. So I know that I can help you to cure your insomnia, and I use the word cure because it is curing your insomnia. The problem with insomnia is it affects your immune system, it affects your brain and your ability to think, it contributes to dementia and Alzheimer's. It, it of course, makes you cranky when you don't get enough sleep, and then you have this fear of not going to sleep, right? Am I right? The worse it gets, the more you think, think that you're just going to lay awake tonight and you dread going to bed and you're creating this expectation and reinforcing the belief that you are an insomniac and you are going to lie awake. You visualize it, you imagine it, you reinforce the feeling you're going to have when the sun comes up and you're like, oh crap, again? I didn't sleep. So I want to help you with that. I would love to create a challenge to take a hundred thousand insomniacs and cure them all and I know that my work can do that and there's also other hypnotherapists out there that have programs for insomnia but however I will tell you that so many people have written to me with the gratitude for ending their insomnia and there's something different about the way I do it and something that really just does it for them and to them and makes them feel that they don't have any fear of sleep anymore and that they're just, they've just turned around their belief system and their expectations about sleep. There's also, uh, you can get the insomnia program along with Wake Up Happy. So think about this. If you were to listen to this before you go to sleep at night and then change the beliefs and the expectations and the negativity and the fear and you sleep really good and then in the morning you put on a Wake Up Happy session and the wake up happy sessions are about 15 minutes and you choose one for whatever topic you want whether it's for um, feeling really lucky and fortunate or being worthy of wealth and opportunities come to you or healing your body that the the physical issues in your body are getting better every day and feeling better and and just ending whatever you were being tortured by with physical pain or difficulties how different would your day be? That is the most valuable time you have in your entire day is when you first wake up, assuming you went to sleep, <laughs> hoping that you went to sleep, and you wake up and you spend 15 minutes reinforcing what you do want rather than going through your day thinking about what you don't want. And for some of you, that is just clicking like crazy. You go like, yeah, I think about what I don't want all the time. 
Because maybe you're in a rut where you're thinking negative all the time and you're just expecting bad things to happen because some bad things have happened in your life. Or you've been around a negative person, so the programming has been embedded into the negativity of, you know, of what you expect in your life or the bad luck that you have. Or, you know, and I hear people reinforcing stuff like that all the time. So in the morning, you wake up and you listen to one of the Wake Up Happy sessions, whether it's for your health or... Um, there's a bunch of them. Oh, finding love. I don't know. There's a whole bunch. There's like eight different ones of that too. And your day goes different. Things just are different for you. That's what I would love to see happen for you. So think about that. And maybe even if you don't buy the wake up happy sessions, but you should, what if you just do that in the morning? Take 10 minutes even to just stay. You're in trance when you wake up. You're you're not fully awake. Your subconscious mind is wide open and ready and eager for you to put something in there that's awesome. And you begin to imagine how your day is coming along. You feel good. You have energy. You attract good opportunities. And you feel that there are really good, fortunate things that are going to happen today. Something magical or something really exciting is going to drop into your lap because you deserve it, because you want it, and you expect it to happen. So what if you did that for just 10 minutes, and you just imagine yourself taking a walk through your day and noticing all these good things that happen and the people that come into your life? How different would your life be, even in the first few days? But if you did that consistently, I know you have the time. If you have to be awake at a certain time, set your alarm for 10 minutes earlier don't set an alarm at all and just program yourself to wake up at that time I wake up exactly the same time every morning because my brain seems to be programmed to wake up at 7 so you can do that too well it's been really nice being with you now and getting to help you with some clutter issues some sleep issues waking up happy and all the good things that are coming your way. I'm going to get out of here and uh, just listen to the birds, watching the palm trees sway. The palm trees here in the middle of my the complex, they're these really skinny, tall um, trunks of the trees. They're not even really trunks. They're the skinniest palm trees I've seen with the big green stuff on top, but they do sway. They're like in the, just the slightest breeze, they're just swaying hypnotically back and forth. It's so nice. And the birds this morning were just out of control. It's just beautiful here. So I'm pretty happy about this. If any of you live in Hawaii on the Big Island or anywhere else, you know, um, let me know. And maybe, who knows, we can get together. You can come over to my place. I can't go to yours, but you can come to mine. <laughs> all righty. You all have a fantastic day. And just notice what a blessing it is to every day be able to make new decisions and invite things into your life that make you happy and allow you to love yourself more and more every day. You have a really fabulous day. Bye-bye.